turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy. Um, interesting today, um, I was praying, you know, I really, um, God does some interesting things. So we, we've been diving into, I don't know, last week we started on this, these lessons, uh, this lesson, let the word, or the word does the work. And I was reminded of a song, let the word do the work. You know, I didn't play it tonight, but uh, it was an interesting song, you know, let the word do the work. And we, we look at it, it's got a, a lovely beat, but the bottom line of it is the truth behind it is the word really does the work. We learned on last week, uh, reading from Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 20, um, I want to say the 26th verse, 25th to 26th and 27th verse, how, what the word does in our lives and how it takes the burden off of us to where the only thing we have to do, the only thing we have to do is get in the word and the automatic work of the word begins. That makes sense? Yeah. So when I ingest it, everything the Bible says that's going to take place begins to happen at that moment. Now, it's up to me uh, to believe it so that the depth of the word, the depth of the word, we may have to get some, the depth of the word begin to do the deeper cleaning. That's the important part that we have to understand. The deeper cleaning comes when we have the faith to believe the word and the faith to believe the word, faith to believe the word brings the allows the word to cleanse deeper and deeper and deeper in our lives that's what that's what i love about the word but what challenges a lot of people in their relationship with christ um they say that it's hard to grow or it's hard to understand or it's hard to live this life but it's it's hard when we choose to not do i say do it's hard when we choose to not get in the word that makes sense because if i don't ever get in the word then what the word says it will do will never happen so then i'm forced to work it out myself and try to figure it out hence we stumble we fall we hear what other people do we do what other people do that makes sense because we don't know what the word says to allow it to do what it's going to do. The word does the work. That's it. In a, a, a eight-year-old life and a 90-year-old life, it does the same work. Ephesians 5, and just to, to let you know what it does, for those who are just joining us, Ephesians 5, 25, I told you to put 2 Timothy. We're going to go there, but let me read this, then we're going to go over there. It says this, uh, 5.25, husband loves your wife. Now, don't discount this scripture because it's talking about marriage, but look at the second part because that's where I want you to focus at. It says, husbands love your wives even, now I don't say husbands love your multiple wives. It says husbands, plural, lo love your wives, plural, right? <laughs> I don't want you to think you can have more than one. Uh, one is probably enough. Uh, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it. Christ gave himself to the church that he might sanctify it. Sanctify. You don't hear a lot about sanctification anymore. 
But to be sanctified just simply means to be set apart, to be distinctive, to be separated from one thing to the next. So when we are believers are sanctified, we are separated from the world into the place where God wants us. Amen. So he says that uh, he might sanctify and cleanse it. It refers to the church, which refers to us. Amen. With the washing of water by the word. So the scripture tells us that the word acts as a washing agent. It washes us. It cleanses us. The more we read it, the more it washes. The deeper cleaning comes is when we mix reading the word with faith and action. That makes sense? So if I read the word and I apply to my life, then the deeper cleaning takes place. You ever had to wash the garment more, more than one time? You know, I like my whites to be white. But if it don't come out white, I might be tempted to bleach it again until it gets to the white that I want it to come, or it's going to go in the trash. That makes sense? So we personally, in our natural things, want our garments to be clean. All, why expect the least of that, or why expect, have small expectation for our inner man or our spirit to be just as clean if the provision is already made? First, uh, uh, Isaiah, the first chapter, around the 18th verse, talks about how uh, your, though your sins be as scarlet, right, or crimson, I'll make it white as snow, and then one part of it say as wool. You know, white as snow as wool. So the word, that's Jesus talking in Isaiah, prophetically, Isaiah talking, referring to Jesus in that particular scripture. It talks about Jesus himself will make your crimson stained sin white as snow. That's what we love. So knowing that when you get in the word, the word is a cleansing agent and it prepares you to become with verse 27 says that it allow you to be presented to Christ, a glorious church, not having what spot or wrinkle or any such thing that it should be holy and without blemish. Can you imagine the washing of the word makes us spotless and wrinkle free? I spend time ironing every morning because I hate wrinkles. But God and it takes time. But God said the word is like a hot iron. It, it presses the wrinkles out of our lives. A wrinkle to me is like a rough place, a, a, a insecure place, a one moment I'm here and then I'm there place. That makes sense? Um, so, but when you press that thing out with the word, the word straightens that thing out and it makes a distinction clear so you'll know which way to walk. That makes sense? So my goal is to walk the line God has for me, and that's the line of ingesting the word, believing the word to allow the word to do what the word says it's going to do, and that cleanses me by the word. Second Timothy talks about this. Let's see. Ooh, man, let's see where I want to start. Just for the sake of understanding, I'm going to back up to the 10th verse, but I'm going to read down to the 17th verse. Because what I want you to understand, in order for you to understand that this word does what it does, you have to understand the, the validity of the word. You got to believe that the word has the authority or the word has the power to do what it says. And then you have to understand who wrote it. If you don't believe in who wrote it, then you are discounted every time you open a book. Because how many of you read a book that you're not interested in? 
You, you, because you feel like there may be something that you're going to gain out of it. It's true, right? There, there may be something that you gain out of it. And it may be at the end of it, you'd be like, that was a waste of time, right? That was useless. I could have found something. You, you think about it, right? But when you when they talk about the, what I what I know about, I've had Jehovah's Witness knock on knock on my door, not here. I've had Mormons knock on the door, right? You think about it. Now, what I've learned about the the Jehovah's Witness is that when they have their study time, first of all, you can't just walk into the temple, the Jehovah's Witness temple. Right. You have to be brought in with someone or invited and they have to meet you by the door. Right. So you can't just say, I just came in, saw the church and I no, they don't do that. No, no, they don't play that. They'll escort you out the side door. <laughs> so why? Why? Because what they do, they indoctrinate their people with their doctrine, their beliefs. And that's what they teach them. Every session they teach you. This is what we believe. This is how you answer them when they come back and say this. This is what you carry with you. Don't ever sit this down because they're going to try to give you their Bible. But you can't do that because once you get that, there's no truth in that. This is they have to train their mind that the the Jehovah's Witness Bible. And I can't think of the name of I have one in my box is the, the, the valid word. There's, this is the truth. There's nothing outside of this. This is what you're going to believe. So they teach them their doctrine. But the book, the Mormons, the Latter-day Saints, Church of Latter-day, the guys who ride around on bicycles with their black suits on, I'm sure everybody's seen them, young guys, had their little name tags right here, right? Elders, most of them. They go around and they indoctrinate those guys in schools, right? And then they send them at different places. They get, you know, um, apartments and they have their bicycles and all they do, they give them a certain region to touch every home in that area. And they teach them with the Latter-day Saints the Mormons believe, and that's all they teach you if you, if you ever sat down with them. And as soon as you, you get them to veer off, they get up and they leave. Because they're not going to sit there and argue back and forth with you. So they indoctrinate them. Why is when it comes to believers, we struggle with trying to get indoctrinated with what we believe? You know, this is the challenge that we have as, as Christians. You know, we, we, we just shove this thing aside. Them people, them people get their book, they walk with it, they read it every moment, they learn it, they go to the meetings, they go to the temple, they learn the, the techniques. That's why they come knocking on your door, and if you it's your first time, they're going to send a seasoned one with you so that you can sit there and watch them do it. They indoctrinate their people. It's hard to win those people back to the Lord unless you've been in there and came out because you got to understand what they're teaching them to be able to deliver them out of what they came out of. That makes sense? It's, it's tough. But the believer, because this word, oh, look at your Bible, this right here. Hold that thought right there. This right here, what you have. Timothy says in verse 17 of verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So what we have here is the scripture given by God. I am a servant of God, so what should be the most important thing in my life? Knowing what? The word, which is God's, what God's word is saying, right? So everything in this Bible is given to us to do what? To know all, huh? To know all things by what? By who? By God. So if I'm knowing all things about God, 
What benefit does that help me as a servant of God to know everything about God? What benefit is that? So you won't be deceived. Anybody else? You know his promises? Knowing how to witness and share what he wants, right? That's right. You know what he likes, what he dislikes, right? What person wants a relationship with somebody and never spend time with them? Let's think naturally. Whether it's a opposite sex relationship, we, we talk about this a lot of times, right? Because the, the, the validity of this is I have to know that what God is saying is what I need to know to know him, right? So which is written in here. And the, the, the greatest challenge for most people when they read the Bible is the, it's got to be the number one question. I don't understand it when I read it, right? I don't understand it. What is that these and thou's and those things and, and saith and, and teacheth and all those things, teacheth things? Most of it is present tense, teeth is continual present tense. I don't know much about, about English, you know, I, you know I, I passed it, but, you know, so I, I probably just made that up. The, a continual present tense, teacheth the word of God. So I'm teasing it, but it's a continual thing, E-T-H, it. So, hey, here we go. So when you're, t- when, when you're learning a word or you're reading a word, you have to, under- as, as a Christian, when you're learning the word of God or you're reading the word of God, you have to know that then you become knowledgeable about God. Because the greatest challenge or altercation that you're going to have is when you run into a Satanist who don't believe God. So if he tells you something about God or against God, how would you know he's telling you the truth or how would you know if he's telling a lie if you don't know nothing about God? This is part of the cleansing. It's part of the, the making you blemishless, or spotless because there's no, no uh, uncleanliness or uh, any blemish. You know, blemishes come in your face. You know, what you do with, when you see a blemish come? We co- most ladies cover that thing up, right? We put something on the night before, right? And we'd be like, Lord, let this thing go away. And we'd be hiding it, and we don't, you know, we, uh, we do what? We have our hair pulled like that, you know. Well, I don't have much hair to pull. But, you know, we have our hair covering up here just to hide the blemish. But see, when we in the Word, you know, the only people see our blemish is God and the devil, you know. The devil know of the blemish, right? And God is aware of it, too. And God gave us a source to get rid of the blemish. But the devil is like he feeds into the blemish, right? He's saying stuff to make it bigger or darker, right? That's what he does because he knows our weaknesses. You have to know that your enemy knows all of your weaknesses. He's not like God. He doesn't know everything. Let's, let's get the record straight. He can, he's a created being like all the other angels. He only is limited to what he knows. That makes sense? And because he is the father of lies and because he... Um, became from Lucifer to Satan. Uh, he's the father of evil now. Well, God created evil. If you didn't know that, that's in the Bible. God created evil, but Satan, uh, he, he's, uh, he's crafty in his techniques, right? So he takes good notes. So he's aware of your challenges, your struggles, your downsides, your spots, your blemishes, your wrinkles. And he uses your spots, your blemishes, and your wrinkles against you, Right? Now, he knows what the word says because he'd been in heaven. Think about it. Satan was in heaven before he got kicked out. 
So he understands heaven's order. That's why when he goes to and fro in heaven and back, right? That's what uh, Job talks about. He goes to and fro, right? And he goes to God to ask permission to deal with us as believers because he just can't just come up and say, I'm going to get you today. Come on here. No, he has to go to God. God, <clears throat> have you considered my friend Janelle, my daughter Janelle? And God said, yep. Yeah, I know her. Yeah, sister that loves my heart, you know, loves me, loves my word. Yeah, I, uh, she only loves you because you've been providing all her needs. You know, he's going to have, God said, uh, I bet you if you remove your hand, she'll deny you to your face. Now she won't. Go ahead on and tempt her if you need to. But can't do such and such, can't do that, and you can't do that. And he has to operate in the boundaries that God gives him. See, don't give him no more power than he has because he don't have none. We give him all the power. We tell him, oh, you just mess up with mine. He's like, I wasn't even there. But if you say I can do it, I, let me do it. Think about it. That's why it's so important to don't speak negative. Because if I say, oh, man, I'm discouraged. I feel so depressed today. Guess what he's going to do? Oh, yeah, depression. Go ahead on. And he just loaded up on you. That's why I'm so careful. But see, when I'm in the word, I'm not saying that the more you're in the word, the less you're going to have negative thoughts. I'm not saying that. Matter of fact, the more you're in the word, the more you're going to have negative thoughts. So you got to take the word and use it against what the enemy sends to cause the enemy to flee from you so that what the word says is going to take place is going to take place in your life. But you got to know that this is the word of God. It's unchangeable. In fact, in a book of Revelations, and I did not look it up. But let me see if I can find it. If I can't find it, I'm going to quote it. It's the last, I think it's the last chapter in Revelations. And it says, if anyone should remove anything or take away any part of my word, he says, I'm going to blot their name out of the book of life. That's how serious God is about his word. So all these false doc teachers that's going to rise up in the end days and they hear now all these people who are teaching error in pulpits are taking away from the word of God. And according to the scripture, God said that he's going to blot their names out because they're changing his word. That's how serious God is about this word, because he wants people who come to him and want to know him to know that when he says his word. It goes out, right? We quote that scripture on certain things, but we got to quote it for everything. And when he said it accomplishes everything that he sends it to do, and it never return voids. Because his name is at stake. He'll bless you because his name is on it. Do you hear what I'm saying? If he said, if you follow my steps and if you hearken unto my voice, I'm going to cause the windows of heaven to open up and pour out blessings. You better believe you better get ready for the blessings to come if you're doing what it says, the qualifier. So then the question is, are you qualified to receive what God, what you're asking God for? Have you met the criteria according to the scripture? Here is one in the book of Matthew. It says, when you pray. While you're praying, right? If you remember when you get on your knees that you have an art against somebody or somebody has an art against you, right? It tells you to get up from praying and go get it cleared up, then come back, right? 
So if you know that there is an issue between anyone, that issue keeps your prayers from being answered until you get it right. The qualifier, because he says, if you are praying and you remember, get up and go. And when you clear it, come back and pray, right? So if I choose to not do any part of that, what happens? So then I become the hindrance to my own answer, answers. Right? That's how powerful this word is. So when it says that the washing of the water by the word, if I read this word and apply it to my life, I become sanctified, spotless, and blemishless. Is it something that I am doing? No, because it's not by works. It's only by faith in the word, right? I have to do what it says to get what it says I'm gonna, what's going to happen. And if I don't do it, it will never, ever happen. I struggle. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm saying that as you're doing the word and fulfilling it and, and completing everything the word says, reading it and believing it, because that's all you have to do and apply it, it's going to take place automatically. It takes the works out of it. Let's take your works out of it because it's not based on you, right? It's based on what Christ has already done. That makes sense? We make it difficult when we add to it, right? Can't wear red lipsticks or you're not clean, right? Red is Jezebel's spirit, right? And, that, and yeah, I know some of y'all heard that in churches. Be scared to wear that new red dress. I can't wear that to church. Can't have two red lips. Let me take some of that red lipstick. God, they be calling them mother, be coming to me, wiping my face. I mean, come on. We, let's think about this thing. They add stuff to it that has nothing to do with it. That means you can go to heaven in a red dress if God calls you home when you when it's your time to go. And God said, Who she came in with the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The color of the blood. For those of you who are listening, I was just shouting across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. But think about it, though. I just, God laughs at us. It's so effortless to walk this life that we make it more difficult than what it is. And Satan makes us think that we got to go through all that when we really don't have to go through it, but just believe the word and apply it to our lives and let the word do the work because it's going to change. You ever wonder why when you commit something to God at a certain season in your life, and you just say, God, I'm giving it all to you. And you get in the word, you begin to fast, right? And you begin to speak, spend time in the word and praying. And maybe weeks later, a month later, you realize that you don't have that tendency no more. What happened? The word did the work. The change took place. The washing. Now, is it tough to get rid of something that you've been doing for 20 years? Heck yes. <laughs> yes. It's tough because it's a habit and it's hard to break a habit. But when you get tired of the habit and you're ready for a change, you begin to get in this word and say, God, I've been here too many times. I'm tired of this cycle and it is fruitless. Nothing comes of it but pain, discouragement and depression. And I'm tired of it. You got to take this thing and you get in the word and you start praying. You turn over the plate a little bit. And before you know it, you're like, man. I ain't done that in a long. Well, praise the Lord. I'm delivered. Hallelujah. You ever been there? But see, that's when that happens, 
That's what you need to pull on the next time it comes up. Because remember, sanctification is a process. It all doesn't take place at the beginning of your relationship with God. Because the more you get in the word and change, the cleaner you get. And it's in stages, right? Because we have different levels in God. So a babe, what, what, what God would allow for a babe to do, he might not allow for a seasoned saint to do. That makes sense? Paul addressed that. He said, I want to give you some steaks, right? Some strong meat, but I can't give you strong meat. I believe that's in, oh, is that Hebrew? In the book of Hebrews, I believe. Look that up for me. He said, I want to give you strong meat, but I can't give it to you because you're still drinking milk. Now, you've been in this walk for too long, and you should be eating meat, but I'm giving you Similac. And Similac is nasty to anybody if you ain't a baby. And some babies don't drink it. Now, it's worse when you get Infamil or soy. Soy milk for babies is nasty as I don't know what. But if you're a grown adult and all you drink is baby milk, your, your iron going to be low when you go to the doctor. You ain't going to have no energy. Right? Your, 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 your muscles are going to be flabby. You might, your growth might be stunned a little bit. You won't fully develop off of infant formula. But when you get into the, the steaks and the potatoes and the, the, the beef stews and the, and the pastas, some of you might be hungry, your body start gaining a little fat there and some calories, and your body start burning stuff, right? And you start, your muscles start growing, right? That's the same way in the spirit realm. See, when you come to Christ, we talked about Nicodemus. How can a man be uh, born from his mother's womb a second time? How can I come out of that thing the second time? Jesus said, man, don't be a fool. Well, I don't know why Jesus didn't call him a fool. He, he didn't understand. He thought it was two, two times through the birth canal. Jesus said, well, he's got to be born one way one time, and the next one is the spirit being born again. So if your spirit is being born and you're 40 years old, that means your spirit is an infant, and it's got to be dealt with as an infant, right? I can't expect a newborn babe to go out there and... Well, just for an example, I can't expect a newborn babe to go out there in the middle of Satan's den and start casting out devils when he don't know the word. That's sending them out there to get beat. That's what happened to the seven sons of Siva in the book of Acts, right? They said, Paul, we know, right? We, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul talks about. That tells me they didn't know Jesus, but they remember Paul talked about him, right? So they say, in the name of Jesus that Paul talked about, come out of them. Them devil said, well, he don't really know who Jesus is. And the Bible said that those demons came out of this man and jumped on those seven men and beat them till their clothes came off and they ran out the temple. Because they was messing with something they didn't know nothing about. So you have to know that any time you become a new creature in God, you become a new believer in Christ, we're talking about this word doing the work. The word gives you the information you need to do the work. The work of cleansing in your life, the work of ministry in your life, the work of operating in the gifts in your life. The word gives you what you need to fulfill everything God would ever call you to do in your life. And it's in you already. When he calls you, the, the, 
the gift is already in you. It just hadn't been discovered yet. That makes sense. I discover my gift the more time I invest in my relationship with God and God reveals it when I'm ready to, for it to be revealed. And some of us have a hint of our gift because it's that thing that we have a tendency to draw toward when it comes to ministering in the church. We, we know it, it's there. Some of you might have a heart for the homeless. Some might have a gift of working in the administration of a church. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 13th chapter, um, 14th chapter as well. He talks about the administration of the, of the church. So if you need to look that up, read it up, amen. So what am I talking about? Second Timothy 18 said, all scripture is inspired, right, by God. That's what he said. It's inspired. You still looking up that scripture for me? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We're going to get it. I know I said it right. So he said in the 16th verse, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's all the benefits. It is profitable. It is beneficial for you to govern your doctrine by the word of God. And it's still going to accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. If it's governed by the word of God, that makes sense. That means don't have no conference with a bunch of 10 elders in your church and open the Bible and say, well, we're not going to do this. We're going to do that. That's not profitable according to the word of God. Amen. That's profitable according to the men's, the men who you sat down with and have issues in their flesh and they're trying to make it right to do right for reproof reproof is like to to deal with somebody who in error right so i can't go to them in myself i have to go to them with the word because it is the word that's going to reprove mankind right correction and for instruction this book has everything we need to become all that god wants us to become so if he says, be holy for I am holy, everything in here gives you what it takes to get there. Well, how can I be holy like God? Get in the word, let the word cleanse you. And before you know it, you're going to be there. It's progression. Don't be hard on yourself when you stumble and fall because the world going to be hard on you enough, right? Girl, I remember that time you was out there drunk. Yeah, I remember that time you was out in the club. I remember that time. They don't have no problem reminding you of your, I thought you'd go to church. I thought you was a little Christian girl. Boy, they just called you and you done forgot all about it. What? What you talking about? I remember, you remember that time? That so-and-so's birthday party, they called it out. They want you to remember it because that's the enemy. He wants you to always remember that you ain't got it all together. But he don't realize that you got the word in it that tells you, it's not about what I got all together because Jesus himself did it all for me, right? And then he turns his back and he like, oh, well, I better get before they start commanding me to go out. It's in the word. Let the word do the work. Which one? Reading them here. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. That's a good one. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Neither yet, now are you able, for ye are yet carnal, mm. for whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, my, my. are ye not carnal? 
Now, that's funny right there. He didn't even deal with being a babe. He dealt with their carnality. And he was talking to the Corinthian church. Now, yeah, that's it right there. He dealt with the Corinthian church because they were supposed to be the most spirit filled church. Matter of fact, they boasted that they got all the spirit, the gifts of the spirit working in the church. And yet they're the most carnal church. Because it was bickering. They thought because John went unto the Lord, they was better than the ones that Paul won to the Lord. They had position issues. They thought others were, they were better than anybody else. That's the kind of issue that go on in church today, isn't it? <laughs> we need a Paul to just come back and just clean up the church. My God, you know, look, if Jesus showed up in the church today, boy, I think they'll be scattered out like he did when he went in the temple when they was bartering and he came in there with a stick and just beat all of them out the temple. Boy, he'll start from the pulpit to the back row, right? He'll clean up a whole bunch. Folk be scared to go to church next Sunday. I ain't going to that church. Jesus cleared it out. But you know something? He clears it out in our, in our hearts itself because he deals with our hearts, right? He searches the whole. We, we, I was reading today in First John. Ah, is it the third chapter? Either the third or fourth chapter, and it said, "If our, it says something about how our heart condemns us." <laughs> I said, "Our heart condemns us." He said, "Our heart condemns us," and I was like, "Well, how is that possible?" He said, "Because many people think they got it all together up here in their mind, right?" But their heart is so jacked up, and God judges us based on the heart condition. I said about twenty, about fifteen years ago, and I tell you my age. I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna preach that message one day. Um, what's that heart disease people have? Oh my God, congestive heart failure. The church has congestive heart failure. I was gonna preach that one day. I'm a preacher still. It's still on my list. The church has congestive heart failure. It's jacked up. It's messed up. And they think that it's all about the dynamic praise and worship. They think about it's about the charismatic preach word. They think that it's all about the, 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 the shout segment that they have in the midst of it. And they leave and go home on the high. Not realizing that the heart hadn't been changed and they still stink it before God. God turns his nose up to that filth. And God wants to deal with your heart. And that's where the word goes. Do you hear me? When you take in the word, it changes the heart because that's where the cleansing begins. If you can clean the heart out, the mind gets clean and your body starts acting right, right? Without you doing anything but allowing the word to do the work. Stop struggling. Just get in the word. Find where the word deals with your struggle and confess it and declare the word over your life and speak what the promise says. The promise says, amen? We don't believe God for enough. You know, Pastor Gene says that for the last two months. We don't believe God for enough. And he was, he's, he's not talking about material things. He talked about spiritual things. Because most people have prayer requests. They wanted God to do a lot of things that's, address things that's going on in their lives, right? When was the last time we had, we, we've had a prayer line for two years 
And I'm trying to remember one time, maybe two times, that somebody might have called, I don't, I don't need nothing material. I just want you to pray that I get closer to God. I don't remember that request ever coming. I don't remember. Does that mean anything? I don't know what it means. Because I think that if we invest more time in becoming what God wants, all these other things are going to be taken care of. That's what Matthew says, right? Seek ye first the kingdom, right? And it's, and it's righteousness and all these other things. What things would it say earlier? Because it starts talking about take no thought for what, what you're going to eat tomorrow, what you're going to wear tomorrow. You can't count the strands on your hair, right? God, did not he clean, feed the sparrow? So he said, all those things are going to be taken care of if you take care of my business, right? We got to let the word do But if you're not in the word, you don't know that, right? You got to take it. Take it literal. Don't, as you read it, take it for just what it says, right? Now, if it says Jesus is the, the camper on the back of a truck, now you can't take that, right? But if it says Jesus is the way to God, then you can take that, right? I mean, use common sense about it, right? Because many people like to take a simple word and interpret it to be something else, and they miss the whole message Christ is saying, right? So what I'm saying, just if you open your Bible, just read what it says. And here's a helper here. I discovered, well, another brother in the Christ gave me a good Bible app. I thought the Bible app, the Bible that most of us have on our Bible was a good one. But he gave me the Blue Letter Bible. Is that the name of it? The Blue Letter Bible. And that thing just, it just opened my whole understanding. Well, it gives you tools that that will help you in reading your Bible. Because what I like about this app, I'm talking about something to help you to get more into the Word. Now, praise the Lord. The Blue Letter Bible, you can get it on iTunes and the the Play Store. It gives you the versions. But what I love about it, it also gives me a parallel. So I can have the King James on one side and I can have another version on the other side. So if I'm reading it, I can say, okay, the 20th verse says here. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpets and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. And they took the city talking about Jericho. And here's the new living, the new living translation. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed. And the Israelis charged straight into the town and captured it right side by side. So if I can't understand King James, I have something to help me out right there. Now, if I want to figure out a particular word, I can click on the word. Look at that. I touched one word. I can't remember which one it was. And it pops up. I can cross reference that word. And if I tap that, it'll pull up all the scriptures in the Bible that relates to that one word. It didn't even give me the Greek definition of that word or the Hebrew definition of the word in this one Bible app. I say, man, there's no excuse to not understand what the Bible say no more. Uh, that's a hint. Blue Letter Bible is the one. Check it out. Explore it. You can't miss it. It's good. I love it. I, I use it. I, matter of fact, I deleted all of my Bible apps off my phone, and I, oh, this is the only one I have. Because I found myself going on the internet with my Bible, looking up other words, and this gives, this does all the work for me. 
just defeat the purpose. So the blue letter Bible, get it, it's free. It's not a penny. Even if it was 99 cents, I'll tell you it was worth the 99 cents, right? Even if it was $6, it's worth it. And if you go and you prefer to carry your Bible, make sure you don't get the new Bibles these days, right? Get a Bible that was produced uh, uh, copyrighted like back in the 70s or 80s. Because what we're discovering is that they're starting to remove scriptures out of some uh, out of the newer versions because the world is they don't really like what the Bible is saying. So they're starting to take stuff out of these new Bibles and you won't even realize it until you purchase it and went on home. Right. So look, it's hard to find. You might have to go online and buy it. But look it up. Find out when was it copyrighted. In the 70s and in the 80s, probably about the 90s and the 2000s, they started changing some of the versions. Like the NIV, they start pulling out some versions, some scriptures out, changing some words to, to mean something that it didn't mean. That's the editors because they're too culture-oriented, right? So they're changing some of the beliefs that are some of the scriptures to make it more appealing for people to read. So be careful. Be careful while you're out there. But see, it's a trick of the enemy. That's why you need to know the word. Because in the most effective false teachers are going to be those who were once believers and changed their allegiance to Satan. Because they're going to already have the crowds and they're going to water down the word to keep the people in. And before you know it, they're going to be over in left field and everybody's going to be like, yeah, following them straight to hell. But you don't know that unless you get in the word, right? Even me. Don't even think I got it all. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm, now I'm committed to this thing. Just to let you know. But check it out. See if what I tell you is the truth or not. Spend some time in it for yourself. Amen? But let the word do the work no matter what, right? That's why I'm going to leave it tonight. We're talking about lifestyles. And when people see us, who should they see? God. And the only way that's going to take place is we got to become what God says. Right? Hope be ye holy for I am. And the only way to get there is I got to get in the word and allow the word to cleanse me so that I can become more like God. And if I struggle, see, we know where we deficient at. God might not ever show me in all the discerning he gives us, but we know in our private times, right? We know. So those are things we say, God, you know something? I need you to do this. I need you to help me with this because this thing here, it just keep coming up and coming up, and I'm just tired of it. And you commit that thing to God and you give it to God and allow him to take it and you get in the word and allow the word to cleanse you in those areas. And I guarantee you, before you know it, you'll be set free. You'll be clean, spotless, no blemish. Listen, I was praying today and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, we've been talking about this lifestyle thing. <laughs> probably about two months now because <laughs> we start on something and God directs us into something else and you know and I said you know people might be tired of hearing about this Lord said I didn't say they were tired 
Because I was, I was seeking for an answer to change. That's why. And I'm looking at the Old Testament. We hadn't taught. And I'm looking at Lord like. He didn't say nothing. And I'm typing stuff on that and I just didn't feel it. I'm, I'm like. Then I had all kind of stuff going on at work. And I'm like, well, Holy Spirit, you're just going to have to use me tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to give in to what you want me to teach. <laughs> so let the word do the works, part two.